My name is Will Fitzgerald and this is the Go Away Film Podcast. Um, joined today by director Carl Golden, uh, whose latest film Bruno uh, is making its world premiere at the Go Away Film Fla this year. Uh, Carl, thanks so much for coming along. Hi, nice to be here. Thanks. Um, I almost called you Bruno there for <laughs> Yes, we're indistinguishable. <laughs> yeah. um, so tell us a little about the film. I um, One of the things that uh, really jumped out at me was when you submitted it to us um, a while back, you had kind of said how this was sort of um, uh, a return uh, for you to kind of stories, um, you know, kind of more more personal storytelling. Uh, yeah. I think was how you put it. Yeah, uh, maybe tell us a bit about uh, what you meant there. Well, I had started out with my first film, which had been something I'd written myself, and then I'd made the classic mistake of being too lazy to write again, so I became <laughs> a sort of director for hire. And I would just take uh, directing jobs. And, and the scripts were kind of getting worse and worse. Mm. And I was feeling less excited about the films. And then I had been set up for um, sort of a big film that was going to shoot in Germany. It was a remake of a German thriller. And it, it fell apart at the last moment. And it turned out to be the best thing that could have happened because I realized, like, you know, sort of what am I doing? I'm sort of kind of going through the motions as a director and and I just thought well, why am I making this stuff that I really care about that I'm excited about and I, I sort of deliberately sought something that had would give me the same energy as a first film gives you when you have when you're making your first film you have this kind of re- reckless drive to make it at whatever cost you green light yourself you don't worry about anything and I, and I kind of missed that yeah and so I went back and I thought about the stuff that I really cared about and the stories and Bruno had been sort of in my head for a while and so that was the one I started with you know yeah um and so I, I mean I'm guessing it's it's a London set story um so presumably it, um inspired by your time living there y- yeah I, I guess so yeah I mean um I spent uh, quite a while in London and it's all set around a part of East London around Hackney where I lived for all that time and so it was a strange film in the sense that actually, as we made it, we were zigzagging through all my old streets in my neighborhood. We didn't really <laughs> need a location manager because I was the location manager. You know? <laughs> I mean, it was kind of very... So it was a sort of love letter. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, there's a feel and uh, to the film, which, you know, London films are often sort of West London films. You know, you get the rom-coms, the very well-done, you know, working title rom-coms, where you get the sort of gritty council estate films which tend to be east and London is obviously lots of things and 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 so in our film I wanted some of the the kind of lush London you get in the parks and the Mm -hmm. colors and the the strong yellows and greens and reds of parks and trees and and then the streets and the buses and the neons and then the harder edge the concrete and the tarmac that you also get in the streets so I guess knowing London and being able to navigate myself through that I wanted to get I wanted to cram in as much organic authentic london as as our story you yeah. know involved yeah was it a bit of like a guerrilla shoot that way in terms of um that yeah that kind of style yeah definitely i mean i think if you're going to make i mean if you're going to make a film in london there's this you know if you have a certain budget you can sort of do you can do a certain amount that you want if you don't have that budget you have to be very flexible mm-hmm. which is a very polite word of saying you just shoot wherever you can what you can (laughs) i mean they're relatively laid back but for we shot a lot around liverpool street and so much of that is private estate which we didn't know so we amazingly we only got i think we got stopped once 
but you know, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but we did shoot on the tube on buses. Mm. I set a playground on fire and all that without any <laughs> without any permission. So I was living the dream, and um, and so you, yeah, I'm, London is so crowded and there's so much happening, and people are mostly staring at their phones a lot. So you get away with, mm. you can get away with a huge amount. We almost in all the rushes we had maybe twice people looked in the lens because there people are just distracted by other things they're not really interested in you yeah so unfortunately i know very well how to make you know how to work with like a micro crew we had we stripped down our crew when we were on the street so we were really just probably eight people and we'd mic the actors and we'd shoot maybe sometimes on a longer lens and you can just sort of blend in yeah and so kind of that's what we did and then we had some interiors where we were a little bit more structured in a in a traditional way but part of the energy of the film was to do it outside of a, a traditional format you yeah know? well that's interesting actually because i mean you know in terms of uh people looking at their phones and not being engaged because of you know the, the film is really it's about a, an invisible sort of character really so uh, yeah I, that, I imagine that helped massively yeah uh, and he i mean he was uh dearman murder actor was we shot him at times as if it was documentary with him we were kind of drifting around or behind him or and uh <laughs> at one point he, he was sitting down in hackney and this you know uh, this homeless gentleman who was nothing to do with our film came over and had accused and accused him of having stolen a bag oh, wow. from him the night before and we had to say actually we're we're making a film so we kind of we sort of had done it in such an organic way that people really believed he was that and that was part of the you know and that's hard on an actor but that was the job I said to him you know there's no safety net you're just going to be out there yeah and not everybody wants to do that and some people want the comfort of you know being we didn't have that there was very much like this is the way we're doing it you know plus obviously we had you know a, a, a kid and a dog and so at a certain point, you just put all that together and just sort yeah. of go, well, let's see. Let's see what happens. And how did you, so like, you know, Jim would obviously, uh, he signed up for it knowing what the job was and uh, and he was amazing uh, and he gave an amazing performance. Um, were you already familiar with uh, his work? Or no, guys... I'd seen him. I'd always I'd always seen him in stuff um, and I'd, I'd seen him in shows. I'd been sort of pointed in his direction a few times by casting people. Um and I can't remember how he, I mean, he came in with, with our casting director, brought him in. And I wasn't sure if, you know, I wasn't sure if he was going to be the right fit initially. And then when he walked in the door, I thought, yeah, yeah. he didn't even say anything. He just walked in the door. And, and sometimes that's part of directing. Peter Weir always says that, you know, being a director sometimes is like a detective. You're searching for someone and then you find them and you go, yeah, obviously. And he just came in and I thought he was so big and he had this small bag and he just looked, he's six foot four and, you know, he's very quiet. And I thought, yeah, of course, it's so much more interesting if you have somebody like a giant with a broken heart is kind of more interesting than mm. he didn't have the open vulnerability that you associate with people in that situation. You know, yeah. he had it all trapped inside. And so it, once he started to talk um, and read the lines, I realized, Oh yeah, of course he's an Irish character. That made sense too. Cause mm. I hadn't really. Oh, so it wasn't originally an Irish character. It wasn't, it was open. Okay. And, uh, and um, it was open, but there's something about him not saying anything. And then when he talks, he speaks in a slightly lyrical way. And I thought, yeah, of course. And then it made sense for him to be sort of trapped 
in this kind of he's sort of between worlds you know yeah. he's sort of in london but he's not he's sort of alive but he's not he's sort of chasing ghosts you know what i mean and yeah. and so he's living in these parallel worlds and that made sense it made absolute sense that he was irish and it then i think i probably had written him as irish without sort of realizing it mm. and and Dermot just came in and it kind of clicked you know yeah because yeah it, did, it, it made a total sense uh, at the the hints of the character's backstory right um you know it uh it, it was all very fitting as a, as a as an irish immigrant story right know? and 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 i had when i first moved to london i lived in camden and i lived opposite this hostel with lots of you know irish uh, guys who had come over probably in the 60s and 70s and now were um uh, now we're really in difficult times and I, I guess that probably was circulating in my in my mm. brain as well you know yeah um was it uh, at all difficult after uh like you mentioned a long period working as a director for hire uh was it harder to then sort of like um you know change course and um in terms of uh getting production funding and all that together to convince people yeah. like no i want to do a, a personal one now like you know here's yeah. a, a script that's you know, it's just me. It's not a, an adaptation of uh, you know any yeah you know previously written source material or anything like that. Or no, it's uh, maybe it wasn't. It's, <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, when I made my first film, all I got offered was rom coms, and because my first one is sort of a rom com, right. and I didn't want to do any rom coms, and people were just like, "Oh, okay," um, and then you know, eventually got into other stuff, and then people. I did a very heavy dark love story about two young people and then after that it was just I got lots of these dark love stories between you know and then I did a music film you get me so you've got to it's not very smart to be honest from a career point of view to never want to do the same thing again but I have no interest in you know I have no Mm. interest I would never make a film like Bruno again you know just it wouldn't so it's difficult but I stepped outside the I mean I decided if I was going to do this I'd have to do it without doing traditional financing structure anyway so I'm did a lot of hustling and I basically found a single or two actually two investors mm-hmm. and then I did it with a tax deal and we did a post-production deal and so I was able to do it completely under the radar without having to jump jump through hoops and blah 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 yeah. so again not maybe the best way to do it for people in terms of you take on a lot of responsibility but then if you're going to do a film like this there's a certain privilege about being able to tell the story that you want to tell without anyone yeah. else interfering. So, you know, it works both ways, you know? Yeah, no, that was very brave. Like, that's, a, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, it's the only way. I mean, in today's market, to be honest, you know, when we first went out with the script, what happened was the thing that always happens, which is that agents read it and, and, and we got a lot of agents really liking it for clients and, and we got a lot of sort of agents with very good clients who would have been fantastic for um for sales and stuff but then you just would end up doing the the roundabout that happens so yeah you just wait you know four months for someone and then yeah they say oh yeah we're interested in it, and then you got to wait another year and then i've that's how films often happen and nowadays in particular for indie films there's so much requirement for them to have strong casting um and with this, I just thought, well, if we can avoid that and just get the right actor, I don't really care about yeah. what the sales figures are for X, Y, or Z. Just get somebody who just works. Right. And so that's, you know, that's what we did. Yeah. Um. So this is a, it's a, a return to the flower. Uh, it was, was The Honeymooners the first film of yours? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I had, um, what did I, I, I bought short, a couple of short films here. And then, yeah, we did, um, yeah, we did The Honeymooners here. Yeah. yeah. 
which uh-huh. was a great experience and and um and, and and it turned out to be obviously of course the best place to launch a little film like that at the time mm-hmm. you know so yeah. we're, we're i think it's kind of ahead of its time in, in, a, in a way in in terms of um um I think we are getting more of a diversity of Irish film now that and people aren't afraid to do things like rom-coms um, right. which were less common you know when the honeymooners came out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, people have said that a few times uh, actually that oh yeah that was kind of a, that was uh, it didn't occur to me that nobody really made <laughs> made rom-coms I just wanted to see a rom-com in Ireland and so I did it um but yes it was a very strange time it actually did for me it did much better almost everywhere else apart from Ireland. <laughs> so we, you know, it, it opened a lot of things for me, a lot of doors for me after that, but mostly in L- London and Los Angeles, but kind of, I think it did very small release in Ireland. Yeah. yeah. But it was good. It was a great, I mean, it's your first film, so you're just excited. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. you're excited to get it out. And you talked about, you know, looking to recapture that same sense of excitement as like your first feature with Bruno. Yeah. Um, Like how close did you come? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, you can never be a virgin again, unfortunately, (laughs) alas. Um, uh, So, yeah, it's hard because, you know, the the problem is you, you know all the problems that, you know, you can see the car crashes coming when Mm -hmm. you've done a few of them and... So you've always got one, and because I was also working as a sort of a producer as well, I mean, I was working as a producer on it, so I also had a little bit of that hat on. So Mm -hmm. you can never really let go in the same way. But we were, I would like to say that we were still, I was still completely reckless about how we did stuff in in a good way. You know, we just we just went out and did what we wanted to do. And and I think that's, we got close to the feeling definitely of a first film again. I've just kind of turning up. I had a very specific rule about not doing too much location wrecking with everybody. So I wanted to go and find spaces and sort of um, be spontaneous about how we're going to use them. And so not have the tech wrecky where everyone's like, well, I'll be over here and I'll be, and then you'll be, and you know, and then you just turn up and it's kind of dead. I wanted to have that slight adrenaline of, oh shit, okay, we've got an hour to work out the scene. And it's all, it's all performance led. And so once you take that approach and say, well, look, we have a story, we have an actor, we have a camera, that's it. That's what, that's the key thing. Then it gives you a certain freedom. So that was nice. Again, not to be worried about other things, but just literally being trying to be simple, you know. And you said, you know, you you wouldn't want to do another like another honeymooners or another Mm. um, Bruno now. So in terms of like, um, I'm trying to avoid asking that dreadful question of like, you know, where do your ideas come from? Uh, But like when it comes to any of your projects or like Pelican Blood or anything else, like, um, I suppose maybe, yeah. What what are uh, what are the motivating factors, or what are the? I mean, it's it's funny because when I started, it was a different world for indie films, and mm-hmm. so you know, lots has lots has changed. Um, TV has obviously one thing that's changed. The market has changed, and that sounds like a very boring response to the question, but it means that you do have to be a little bit smarter about what it mm-hmm. is you're picking. I mean, if you're literally just working in stuff that doesn't is not going to have a place in the market, then you're spending an awful lot of time on something for no reason. So I think now, I mean, there's obviously some things that I'm just interested in. I'm, I am, I'm just, I'm interested in people 
going through certain emotional crises in their lives. That's just something that appeals to me. I'm interested in, I guess, people who are outsiders. Um, I'm interested in sort of, um, sort of stories that are slightly, um, you know, against the odds. And you can take those with epic scale. Like I have a film, that one of the films that we're looking to do now is is a, is is a, is quite a a big sports film that requires a certain level of casting but actually a lot of the elements in it are things that I can probably see have been in other things that I've I've done so I want to get I mean you know I work with actors that's what I do I'm not I'm not somebody who can do the 75 you know foot craning shot in into someone's eyeball I mean (laughs) I can do that but I'm not interested in doing that anyone can do that that's a technical thing so I started with actors I started in theater and 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 that's the thing that interests me the most so there has to be something about it the character the the potential for an emotionally complex performance that's yeah. what I want to do I want to work with actors you know yeah and so in that vein you think like like, uh, like feature films as opposed to like you mentioned television there but that's mm. very um you know script led yeah um was you, you see yourself first and foremost as being the person who, who's on set working with actors like yeah, you know, directing led is is kind of what you want to do. Yeah, I mean, like everybody else, I have now dipped my toe a little bit into uh, television. I've got I've got a couple of TV projects that we're working on, and not not because it's the thing to do now, but just because there's certain stories that you know you could never get. Like we've got a great Cold War uh, story set in Berlin in the early 1950s. It's the story of a, an American spy tunnel that was built underground into the Soviet sector of East Berlin and it's all a true story incredible three sort of renegade spies coming together and and that's the sort of thing that you know I would have thought of as a film uh, Mm. you know five ten years ago now it's a six-part tv show you know and and you're right in the sense that there's less flexibility creatively there's less flexibility with a with a tv show because you're not <laughs> broadcasters don't want you sort of winging it or mm. improvising or being spontaneous that's not part of the package they have a very clear program which is a script that's going to be shot um and so um so there's that there's that aspect of it but there's obviously great opportunities in tv to do stuff that maybe it just doesn't exist anymore in in film but the ideal is to try to do both right um, yeah. And to try to do films, I guess that are you know that are just interesting for you. If yeah. they're not interesting for you, they're not going to be in any way interesting for anyone else. You no, know? yeah, definitely not. I, I know you're um, you're based in Berlin at the moment. Um, what's yeah. your experience with the the German industry? Um, it's very strong in the sense that it they it's a very wealthy country. You know, mm. um, strangely they don't have a very strong sort of tax incentive. You know, like they do in Ireland. Um, they have very strong TV though they've got a huge sort of investment from the various regions and they've got a very good structure so I've actually I shot my first film with just you know I've got a film in in post-production in Berlin and that was my first experience of working working there there's a there's a kind of international scene that's getting bigger and bigger and and then there's a sort of local film scene that you would just never get into which is sort of strange romantic comedies and stuff Mm. you know there's a whole like cast there's like they have stars that we would never know who they right. are yeah and, and so you got these it's almost like a two-tier thing you got that film and then you got the international stuff but it's exciting i mean berlin itself is a very exciting city it gets a lot of there's a lot of directors international directors now living there um a huge amount actually and and 
actors are now there too and it's a very so it's a very creative city and I think yeah. if, if I hadn't I almost had to go to Berlin to sort of feel it sounds like a cliche but to sort of feel liberated again I had to kind of just get out of like the whole London thing and just mm. sort of go somewhere else where people really don't care who you are or what you're doing you know yeah um so uh you you touched actually on what you you've got coming up about the, yeah. the TV series. Um looking back a bit, what have you like when you're um sitting down to either like create a new project or you're working on a script mm. or something, do you have certain like touchstones that always like inspire you when you or do you need like inspiration when you're writing a script or when you're get preparing to go on a set? Are there your favorite films that you always return to time again? Um yeah, I mean <clears throat> I think um I don't know why, but all the President's Men I just watch, and The Godfather, <laughs> the first Godfather. I watch those every year, mm. um, just to remind myself, oh, you can actually go off and just make a really great film about people. Mm. Um, I mean, movie stars, of course, but they're literally films about people. And so, yes, I do that. And and I still try, to be honest, most of the time I try to watch as much stuff as I can, like new stuff. Mm. Um, and sometimes you go through periods where you just aren't going to the cinema very much. I try to watch everything in the, in the cinema as well. Yeah. yeah. I've, I mean, it's different experience and I have, I, you know, I project stuff at home, but just going to the cinema, I try to see as much stuff as I can for when the great stuff is on. So basically that just, you know, consume as much as I can and just remember, I guess the films that got me excited in the first place. You know? Yeah. That's actually so refreshing. It always shocks me how many people work in the industry who don't go to the cinema on a regular basis. It's terrible. And yeah. it's and at festivals, you meet other producers in particular. I hate to say, you know, single them out, but you just go, oh, you know, have you seen uh, this film? It looked, and they're like, oh, no, I don't have time for that. And you just say, well, what, <laughs> kind of what are we doing here? We're built, the foundation of all of this is films are exciting and difficult. And, you know, we could all be doing something far more sensible with our lives, but mm -hmm. like, you know, you've got to you've got to get out and engage. And there's so much doom and gloom, obviously, about films and what's happening. And and then I don't know. There's just so many great films still out there, yeah, and still being made. And people still have this weird energy to make stuff that's just complicated and it's messy and it doesn't fit in with anything. And they still do it. And when you're around people like that and you see those films be made, then it just then it makes you go, yeah, great, fuck it, I want to just keep on doing this. You know? Yeah, yeah. Well, festival theory for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carl Golden, thanks a million for talking to us. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers.